All right, are we good? Let's start. This always sounds like a remix of a song, but I'm thinking maybe that what we could do is we could do like a remix of the remix of the song. I don't know, just to switch things up. I like it though. It still gets me kind of pumped to do the podcast. I do actually. I do actually really like it. Um, yeah, no, I've really been enjoying this. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Live It with Jake Sullivan podcast. Jake. Glad to be here. I was just thinking, I was having a random thought. I was having one of those old person moments. So at Iowa State, when I played basketball at Iowa State, we had this introduction song. And, like, you get goosebumps. Like, you get uh-huh. so fired up. Right. But you got used to it, and they still have the same introduction song mm-hmm. 20 years later. But I think that's so cool because that adds, like, it's kind of like when, you, when you're in school and you, like, hear the bell ring and you know what it means every single time. Like, whether, like, the length of the song, yeah. whether it means, like, lunch or whether it means, like, oh, it's second period time or third period time or whatever whatever that is. Like, it kind of gets that going through your mind. I really, li- I really yeah. like that. I think it's very interesting. Well, that's Good like psychological that. conversation that could be had there. Yeah, this is, like, our podcast theme song. Yeah. No, I love it. They're going to introduce me someday. I don't know where they're going to introduce me, but I'm going to use that. Are you actually? Song. I feel like I feel like you would be like a Deadpool theme song or something like that's the kind of guy that you. Uh, not in that complete way. Okay. Elevation Anyways, Church let's move rattle. on. Let's. Have you heard the the rattle song by Elevation Church? No, I didn't even know that was. I get so thing. fired up every time I hear it. I don't know what it is. I'll take a look at it. You guys need to check it out if you're listening. Rattle by Elevation Church. Rattle by Elevation Church. Hey, so we are now currently recording the fourth episode in this whole injustice series. (laughs) Or I don't don't know whatever we're going to call it because so much is changing, you know, but like injustice, um, racial differences what like just the stuff that's going on in our cities um and we had spent a good while talking about um experience what does it mean to have experience what does the word racism actually mean what like when ex- when we talk about experience how does that apply to you know, injustice or prejudice, yeah. um, whether we have experience with a certain um, group of people, whether we don't have experience and that uh, gives us a cause for mm-hmm. um, prejudgment or prejudice. And then we talked a little bit about um, what injustice uh, really means as it applies to the policies of our nation and of this world as a whole. And like we kind of talked a little bit about how there's injustice everywhere, such as like the school systems, the immigration system. I even I was going to talk about this, but we didn't really talk about it. There's a lot of injustice in like the licensure and tax policies for quote unquote unprofessional occupations um and what really that actually means is like let's say that there's somebody who comes to the united states as an immigrant and they know how to do something to the um in a professional sense to the point where they can make it a career or a job but they don't have what we might call like official 
um, schooling for this job or, you know, professional experience on paper that could be used for like an interview or something. They've just been doing it their entire lives. They've grown up doing it. They've been taught by their parents or family members or friends or whatever it is. And then they come to the United States and they can do that as a job. And so they start making money doing it. But then the, the IRS hits them with the, you've got it. Your income has to be taxed. You don't have the correct experience. You need to do X amount of, of hours in, in, um, like uh, education, yeah, apprentice education, training. Yeah. And then on top of that, like you've got to have the paperwork to be able to do that. So since you don't have the paperwork, you can't make money doing this thing. So you've got to do some, go do some crappy yeah. job that you don't like doing because we told you so. And it's like this whole thing where it's like, especially immigrants who have wonderful skills are like caught in this loop where like they have to get this amount yep. of paperwork and experience to do this job, and they can't get that experience or paperwork because the government won't let them because our immigration system is messed up. And, like, then it's just this endless cycle. And so we didn't really talk about that last time, um, but that's kind of what really that means. And there's a lot of injustice and problems there. Um, but, yeah, so now we're going to talk a little bit about what does change actually look like because i think we all have a little bit of a perception of change in that we all want something immediate yeah we want immediate satisfaction but what that actually looks like in the long run we can't really see Mm -hmm. and so so jake uh, tell us a little bit open us up a little bit what does that look like and with an experience that i that you were just uh telling me that you had (laughs) recently something crazy on social media go ahead let let me share share that this is this is how um, deep my social media post must have went. So one guy says to me in a reply, Jake Sullivan, you are no more to fit. You are no more fit to judge this matter than a donkey is to play the harp. And I've been <laughs> laughing about it all week, right? That, that somebody would um, post that to somebody else on Facebook based on a, a thought or an opinion. But Very long, long story short is I made a post recently on, on my Facebook page. And because you can make longer posts on Facebook and and older people seem to read it. And essentially it was, we need to start wrestling with the perception of change versus the reality of change. And this was all in light of the NBA boycott. So Jacob Blake is shot and killed by the police in in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And and regardless of why or how or circumstances, there was a great injustice there. And, and I, I don't think we anyone should argue that the way he, I guess he wasn't shot and killed. He was shot. He's actually paralyzed. He survived, which will be fascinating in the days ahead to be able to hear him speak. You know, most of these injustices lead to death. And mm. with Jacob Blake actually didn't yeah. die, but he shot seven times in the back. Wow. And, and without question, incredible injustice. And by, uh, by police officers. By police officers. In the middle of, of a call that they were brought mm. to with his three kids in the car. So wow. great yeah. injustice, no argument no there. Something needs to change. And again, it sparked this racial conversation. So the NBA player's response to it was, we're going to boycott. Mm. And at the time of my, po- my, my actual post, they were intending to boycott the rest of the season. So we're in this bubble. We're providing a product. That's, that's quite frankly bringing incredible joy and hope to so many people in the midst where there is no normalcy and there's still chaos in our culture. 
you're bringing attention as the NBA to the issue of black lives and racial injustice, but now you're going to boycott. And what's that really going to accomplish? And and, and the gist of my post is like, well, the only way we're going to create real lasting change is through the gospel administered by the local church. And what, what happens when, you know, for example, this, this boycott, like we already know emotions are rising high right. in our culture. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. our, our, inte- our initial reaction is to react with emotion. With emotion. And, and then to have guys on this extreme platform, you know, LeBron James said, saying, F this, something needs to change on Twitter. And guys that so many people look up to, you're just going to rage up this emotion that will often lead to the perception of change without the reality of change. And where the perception of change began often will leave these communities in absolute destruction. Mm, And over the last, so you guys know, like over the last um, three months, the Lord has stirred my heart to launch a ministry via Grace Church in partnership with Christ Church International down in South Minneapolis called One City. Which is the coolest thing in the world, by the way. Super excited about that. God God is moving. Oh, yeah. But but on Lake Street, there is absolute destruction. And I, I've had chance to spend considerable amount of time in a city called Sar Chad, and Sar Chad is has has often been the the, the place in Chad that that's faced a lot of destruction, ton of refugees, um, a yeah. war torn border with CAR, and I said being down on Lake Street is no different than being in Sar Chad, and I never thought I would ever see with my own eyes what I have witnessed um, in Sar Chad. But I'm seeing it in my own backyard. Mm. And yet Lake Street and the George Ford protests and the riots and the looting, everything that took place in the marches, everything created this perception of change. Like we're going to create change. We're going to defund the police. We're going to fight policy. Like we're going to do all of this stuff. We've destroyed an entire street. There are still people that live there that are now left in the midst of the destruction as we've moved on to the next place. And now yeah. it's just taking place in Kenosha. Mm. And my, my, my point with the NBA was, okay, you're removing hope. You're removing joy from so many people that are watching you right now. And you're getting paid millions of dollars, by the way, to do it. But we're watching you for what purpose? Mm. And so you take those things away. And I, and I was as bold to say, like, it, the enemy takes away hope. The enemy takes away joy. The enemy takes away dreams and leaves you ultimately in the in the place of destruction and missed your emotion. Yeah. And my challenge was like, NBA, keep playing because you're bringing so many things to people who need it right now, mm-hmm. hope and joy, and we need to fight change with the gospel. Yeah. And obviously, I, I had a ton of people in support black, white, and everything in between. But I had a ton of people that, right, guy called me a donkey that that plays the harp. So um, everything yeah. in between, and it's a conversation that needs to continue to happen. But if we're going to continue to fight sin with worldly with worldly myths and ways and emotion, um, are we ever really going to create change? Or is mm. it just going to be the perception of change? Yeah, and so I guess when we're talking about even even change, before we hop into that, like, what do you think, Jake, was the heart behind the reaction that you got when you made that post? 
So, and I, we yeah. understand like, okay, you've talked about people want, people see this, they have this perception of change. And so they go fighting for it without necessarily maybe even thinking too much about it. Right. But when we talk about the perception of change, like what's the heart behind it, would you describe? And, and as it relates also to the, to the reaction yeah. to the post you made. Well, the heart behind it, right? So the NBA boycott, like the heart behind it is they want it to stop. Right, they they want innocent black lives to stop being brutalized by the police. I mean, that's the heart behind it. But the problem is, well, it's sin. Right, right, right. And how but, do we really fight sin? But even when it comes to the idea of change, like so, when I guess when my, what I meant by that, let me elaborate just a little bit more. Um, like, what do people mean when they say change? And just by your experience, even. I don't think they know. Hmm. Right. And that's my point is I, okay, what do you want to change? Defunding the police, we're quickly finding out that is not a good solution, right? So hmm. you see crime rates going up in our own backyard here in Minneapolis, but Chicago, the chaos that is in Portland right now. Okay. So that's not working and that's a really bad idea. Um, so what do you want to change? And what you want to change is the injustice that is taking place. But what is the source of racism and injustice is sin. Yeah. So we need to come in, and, yeah. and this is this is my heart. Like we need to fight sin with the only thing that can defeat sin, and that is the gospel administered through the local church, and and not just settling for this emotional reaction that often will leave communities in absolute destruction. I don't know how Lake Street's ever going to rebuild other than through, quite frankly, through the church. Right. Government funding has been denied because uh, they didn't call in the National Guard, so Trump's not going to fund the Democratic side here in Minneapolis. And, and I don't completely, right, like I, I get parts of it. So mm -hmm. who, who's going to rebuild that? Mm -hmm. the, the people, all, most of those, those businesses that were destroyed were immigrant-ran businesses or, or black-ran businesses who don't have the resources to build or insurance won't cover it. So who's responsible for the build? It's going to be one of two places. It's either going to be the Christian church and Christ followers rising up to rebuild, or it's going to be Islam. Hmm. And oftentimes in our country, we settle for Islam. Like, we, oh, we created change. We created awareness. Now you left destruction, and now Islam continues to move down the road, prying in on the hopelessness and destruction in our own backyard and our own city. And there we have a little bit of the reality of what the perception of change leaves, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, It leaves destruction. Right. And, and, and it leaves hopelessness behind. And yes, you have created awareness. Like, I get it. And any of my black friends that are listening, like, I get the heart behind it. And I can't understand what you're walking through mm. as a white man, right? But, like, I get the pain and the destruction and the hopelessness and all of that stuff. But what are we fighting for? How are we fighting? And I, I and for me, I thought. I mean, I think Second Timothy. I'll start in chapter th or in yeah. um, chapter yeah. four, verse three. But I just yeah. want to read this because I think this is where our 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 society and our nation is settling. It says, "For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but have itching ears. They will accumulate for themselves teachers." to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be so sober minded, enduring suffering, doing the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. This idea that as a nation, we are, 
We are lending our ears to people who want to create destruction and I don't think change. Mm. And right, I think right. that's what b- the Black Lives Matter movement. I'm not talking about Black Lives Matter. I have three black children, right? Like, and and, and I coach mm. many black um, athletes, and and Black Lives Matter. Like, that's a no question. But the Black Lives Matter movement is leaving destruction behind in black communities and they're moving on to the next community to do it. Who's going to be left to rebuild Kenosha? Who's going to be left to rebuild Minneapolis? Exactly. The church. And you know what's super interesting, too, is um, for those of you who attend Grace Church, this will be familiar to you. And for those of you who don't, just listen in. So um, our pastor, Troy Dobbs, gave a sermon this past week where he talked uh, very heavily about the Black Lives Matter movement which is founded by Marxists, trained Marxists. And we, and we know this, and they have admitted this. But recently I watched a video um, by a man who, who also does a podcast um, who was talking slightly about, <clears throat> oh, excuse me, about um, the Black Lives Matter movement as well. And um, basically he had made a connection between Black Lives Matter um, and... And, ba- and witchcraft and talking about and talking about the chanting and talking about um, just just a lot of the destruction that they leave behind. Um, but I'm not going to get too deep into that. I'm going to talk about the church, right? Because he calls out the church to say um, we oftentimes mm-hmm. say things without without reading into what we're actually saying. Yeah. Black Lives Matter is a very true statement. Mm-hmm. And we Incredibly as a church true. cannot and should not deny that black lives matter. And 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 Pastor Troy even taught about this. And he said and he said that this is this is so important. Um and 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 I'm just not saying this because it's his words. I'm saying it also because it's true, right? But also we need to read in to what movements we are actually supporting. Yeah. Right. And what we're getting caught up behind. And then that and then that's kind of that's kind of what we're talking about here. Yeah, and it is. And it's and it's so tricky because the enemy capitalizes right on on the element of deceit and hiding lies in the midst of truth. Mm. You see it. You see it with Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. There were elements of lies hidden in true statements. Uh, in the garden, did God really say, right, elements of lies hidden in the midst of truth? And and that's the thing with Black Lives Matter. Yes, Black Lives Matter, no question mm-hmm. about it. I have three black children. Thy, thy children's lives matter. The people we get to serve in Africa, their lives matter. The athletes that I get to coach, their lives matter. Right. But it's the movement, right, you've taken truth and you've hidden, you've hidden lies in it. That people begin to believe, and then all of a sudden, that's all their listening ears can hear. Right. And then you get into the cancel culture and the critical theory. All of a mm. sudden, Jake, who's not black, makes a statement. Right. You're not allowed to make that statement. So then I go in right. saying, well, I don't want to be seen as this or that. Mm. So then I don't say anything at all. And before you know it, the gospel is being silenced in it all. Mm. And yeah. I just refuse. Like, right. say, call me a donkey right. Right. That, that can't play the harp or whatever right. you want to say about me. I don't really care. I want the name of Jesus to go forth because that is the one thing that will defeat every racist thought, every racist intention, every racist heart, every injustice, every prejudice is the gospel administered by the local yeah, church. Yeah, amen. And so just kind of bringing it a little bit back to our um, um, 
just initial conversation about about change and the perception of change versus the reality. It even um, even in in Exodus, like after after um, the Israelites had been led out of Egypt, and and Moses was on top of the mount with the Lord, receiving the word from the Lord, getting the commandments of God, um, and and the the people had even been commanded, there is no other God but but the one true God. And and just r- right after Moses left, the people started hammering Aaron saying, "Hey, like what are, who are we going to worship? We have no we have no physical thing to see who this God actually is. Yeah. Create for us something that we can perceive to be able to worship." So he created this calf uh, out of just out of giving in to the words of everybody else, yeah. right? Giving into to the lies and the deceit um and and the demands of everybody else yeah. created this golden calf to be a perception, quote unquote, of who the almighty God is. Yeah. The God who created the universe, the God who created every animal and living being in the universe and on this earth. The God who created man and wife, right? And 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 to perceive that God, a golden calf yeah. was created, right? All because Aaron had decided to give in to the demands of the people, right? Amen. Make us this, good, make so. us this calf, make us this visual that we can worship, right? This is exactly what we're dealing with today. It is exactly. It's, people, it's become something we're worshiping. Exactly people are right. demanding the church to stand up for what they don't even know, essentially, really what they want. Yeah. And and I and and I don't. I can't say too much about any of this stuff because personally I'm not I'm not educated enough. Yeah. And that's maybe a fault of mine that I need to that I need to dig deeper into. Um but I think I think we can agree, Jake, that that this stands true. Well, and, I think and I think you see two things too in all this, Sam. One, our desire to worship something. Right. Right. And and all of our hearts are bent towards worship. It's just where is it? Where are we allowing it to be bent towards? And I, I think a lot of people who don't have a relationship with Christ are bent towards worshiping a movement or an ideology or or what is perceived to be a god. And then two, right? If the enemy can come and get you to worship anything other than the one true God, before you know it, you have veered off. Your itching ears have taken what you want to hear, and you're no longer pursuing the good news of the gospel right and sharing right. the gospel and evangelizing and i've had some really good friends that that have veered so far off because of the blm movement right the organization that the gospel is secondary mm-hmm. if even that mm-hmm. and i would say it's even put them on a path where i'm not even sure they're christ followers any longer because their hearts are worshiping something else and the desire is change and justice and all the things that we all represent and desire as a mm. church, but yet the enemy has such a good way of tricking us and getting our, our, our eyes off of that. And for me and for my household, like we are going to stay on the foundation of the gospel and the local church, mm-hmm. and we're going to put ourselves in the midst of it. We're not yeah. going to stand on the outside and talk about it. Like we're going to go and we're going to do as the Lord has commanded us. Yeah, amen. Um, yeah, that's really good. I have I have no other words <laughs> to yeah. further that. But um, Jake, uh, if I could ask just uh, one last question, yeah. as it applies biblically and even in um, our own lives, when we talk about change as the church, what is that required of us? Well, one, we need to go and show that we care. 
And and so so Lord has obviously led me and my family to begin to launch this one city ministry where we want to reach people with the gospel right in South Minneapolis that's been hurt the most. Mm. Two, we got to have a heart and a desire for the local church in these communities. Yeah. Um, what's happening a lot of times in, in Minneapolis, um, the, the church right, it, is slowly mm. dying or people are leaving or people are growing older and these buildings are coming empty or in desperate situations, the churches are being sold, and typically who are buying the churches are followers of Islam that are turning them into mosques. Mm-hmm. So our heart needs to be, like, those are our brothers and sisters in Christ leading local churches in urban communities. Like, we need to come around them. And the reality for us here at Grace Church, we have resources. So we have a responsibility, as we see in Acts 2, 3, and 4, to come around our brothers and sisters in Christ and, and make sure the church is not mm-hmm. in need. Yeah. And that the church can stand for another mm-hmm. hundred years or two hundred years till Jesus comes back, and then we just need to proclaim the good news. Yeah. And knowing that there is going to be persecution and suffering right. involved in our nation right. today, and I think that's why right. Paul says to Second Timothy, right, like endure suffering, like be sober minded but endure suffering. Right. And I think the two are tied together. When you're sober minded and focused on the gospel in the local church, there's going to be persecution and suffering, and that is what it is. Mm. But we're here to fight injustice with the good news of the gospel. Right. And I think that that's so true. Just to add on to that a little bit, Jake, um, uh, this requires us as the church. I'm speaking directly to you, to myself, to us now. We need to put ourselves in a position where we can be tested. If we are sitting back and we are being comfortable, not going out like you have just talked about, Jake, then we are not going to be in a position where we can stand for the gospel. And that's exactly what Satan wants. Satan wants us to remain complacent. The, the enemy wants us to remain just where we are and not spreading the good news. That He's all good with that. He's good with that. I said in my post, staying comfort in the place of familiarity. Exactly. And exactly. If, if we stay in, if we just stay comfortable because it's familiar, then we're not going to have any yeah. impact right. for the gospel in the places right. that are being hurt the worst right now. And and also Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 9, he's talking about um, where he has put himself in order to share the good news, right? In, this, in the context, yeah. he's arguing his apostleship, and he's talking about how he has been appointed by the Lord to do the works of ministry mm-hmm. because of these reasons. But he also talks about how... Um, um, uh, he has put himself in positions where he can be like the people, yeah. those he is yeah. ministering to, so that in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the suffering, he can be walking alongside those who are going through the struggle, so that in that moment, when the time presents itself by the Lord, he can share the truth Amen. of the good news of the gospel. It says in 1 Corinthians 9, verse 22, To the weak I have become weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. And yes. and and so so let this be an encouragement like we need to be in the world with our brothers and sisters but not of the things of this world. And I think that 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 starts with knowing the word. That starts with knowing who God is and what he's done for us and then ministering to those around us. So Amen, with that being said, Sam let's call it We'll be back soon. We've got some great things coming, so stay in tune. Stay uh, looking on our social media, uh, liveit underscore podcast, um, for new information coming out. Be excited. It's great. Love you guys. We love you all. Talk soon.